Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. You know, we're standing in the middle of an answered prayer. You are our answered prayer. It's not about this building. It's about what's being built. So we're in the Story Factory today. It's our second week meeting in here, y'all. How exciting is this journey that we've been on? Yeah. I mean, seeing God's hand provide, seeing how he's brought us all together in this time. And I, I'm so grateful that God doesn't only care about the structure, but he cares about our internal growth. Yeah. How many are grateful what he's done in you in this past two years? Amen. Come on. I'm grateful for the valleys. I'm grateful for the trials. I'm grateful for the things that I've had to break through as a human being. I'm grateful for things that I've had to break through as a father, as a husband, as a leader, of the things I've had to go through. How many are grateful that God has brought you through some things to be stronger on the other side? Amen. Come on. He's preparing us and training us for what is to come. Amen. He doesn't care about our comfort. He cares about your character because your character cannot be broken. Amen. Your comfort can. It's situational. But your character is what cannot be broken. I'm so grateful to be standing today in the midst of what God is currently doing. Yeah, and we can stand in here and, and see what he's done, where he's brought us to. But today I want to encourage you to look beyond and see what he's currently doing. Mm, good. We can look at our world. We can look at society today we can look at what's going on in the church we can look at uh, the numbers i just read this week that there's 1700 pastors leaving the ministry every month every month we can look at that and say wow it's shocking what the enemy is doing but i'm not giving i'm not giving in to his flapping of his gums his trying to beat his chest trying to show us that he's all that in the Amen. box of chocolates. No, not on my watch. Because God is moving. Amen. You believe it? Amen. God's doing something. He's stirring a generation. He's stirring a people to go deeper. And this is the greatest time to be alive. It's the greatest time to be a Christian. It's the greatest time to be a part of what uh, God wants to accomplish on the earth. Hey, we're moving around, so welcome to Change on Tour, I guess we could call it, right? We're doing a <laughs> tour of the building. And so last week we were in the main space or in the lobby area, and we talked about breaking down the walls and barriers for people who come into church. Um, if you missed it, just so you know, in the first 10 minutes is when people decide if this is the right space or church for them, and ultimately decide, is Jesus the thing that I want to give my life to? So we talked about the importance of how we come to church, yeah. how we welcome people in, that a smile, a cup of coffee, a, 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 a hug could be the decision maker for someone to receive Jesus. Yeah. Today, we're in what we're kind of calling the multi-purpose area. This is where our youth are going to be meeting. So today is all about the next generation. Yes. I want to talk about uh, being a generation that believes in what's coming. Mm. Believe who's being raised up. Um, today I want to talk about Esther. I, I think 
the story of Esther is very unique in the fact that we always see this girl, the power. We have a lot of powerful women in this church. I mean, if you look around, a lot of very powerful women. I mean, and Doc were laughing. We're very grateful for our beast mode women through this, <laughs> this building project. Because, you know, there are a lot of things that we've had to carry in this space. There's a lot of pieces of sheetrock that we had to carry up those stairs. And, uh, and uh, I think it was me and Brian when we carried them all in, we're like, how are we going to do this? And then all of a sudden, the women showed up. And they were like, yo, step aside. We got this. And I was like, I don't know. These pieces of sheetrock are very heavy. They're like, we got this, right? I think it was Lauren. She's like, get out of the way. I, we got this. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for some powerful women. We, sometimes we look at the story of Esther and we see this powerful woman making a decision, standing in the gap. But today I want to focus not on Esther. I want to focus on Mordecai. Because what you got to understand about Esther is that she was an orphan from birth. And so her father passed away. Her mother passed away during childbirth. And so you have this orphan girl that was destined for greatness. But if left alone, might have not been able to stand in the place that she was destined to be. So I want to look at being a generation, being a group of people that believe in the next generation. See, here at this church, we don't only say we believe in the next generation, we're going to back it up with our resources. We're going to back it up with money. We're going to back it up with time. We're going to show up, right? We're going to invest. How many know influence doesn't come cheap? You want to have influence in a student's life? Take them out. Take them out for a Coke. Spend time. Give them a ride home. That's investment. Investment creates influence. And so we want to be a church that's all about the next generation, not just how we talk, not just having a youth ministry on the side. We want to be fully invested because this is the generation that God is marking uh, for something great. I want to take a minute and just before we even get started today, though, just thank the volunteers, everybody who has come out to help us get this thing launched by Easter. Thank you. Yeah, round of applause. Hey, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of a church that is not afraid to get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves and say, hey, where's the paintbrush? Where's the rollers? Hey, what do we need to do? What do we need to carry? What do we need to do to make this place ready? Because how many know it's not about a building again, it's about what's being built and we're ready for what God wants to do in the lives and individuals who are gonna come into the space and are gonna be broken, they're gonna be in need of hope, They're going to be uh, youth that everybody maybe has given up on. And this is going to be a space where they find freedom. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a church that is all in. Um, So I I was walking around because last week we wrote scriptures and promises on the wall. And a lot of you were here for that. Thank you. Thank you for sealing the deal. You know, when when we declare the word of the Lord, what you're doing is you're signing a supernatural contract over whatever you declare over. That's why even that that song today, we invite the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit's in us, we align with the power of God now. So now we release power. We release joy. We release peace. We don't pray, God, send your peace. We release it. Why? We're the king's kids. It's like my kids. They can bring you to the home and they can say, yeah, the fridge is right there. Go ahead and help yourself. Why? It's their home. They're part of the family. And that's who we are. And so we release that as the king's kids. And I, I, I 
was looking at all the promises, especially over this room, and I was looking at the promise back there, Isaiah 40, um, chapter, verse 31, sorry, verse, chapter 40, verse 31. And I thought, what a promise to declare over the youth of this next generation. It says, um, but for those whose hope is in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. I thought of another one that's right next to it. I encourage you to walk through this space and just look at the, look at the promises. Uh, Psalm chapter 103 verse one through five, but in the end of it, it says, he will redeem their life from destruction, Amen. who comes to him with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies their mouth with good things. Amen. So the youth will be renewed like eagles. And I just think, man, what a, what a word to declare. And that's what we're doing is, is as, as a people, we are declaring things over a city that might look like it's in ruins, but just like Nehemiah, we're coming in with materials, with tools, with equipment to say, how can we rebuild? How can we create a space where God moves? And so we're going to be a church that declares things. We're going to be a church that gets all in on the power of God. We're going to invest in. I want you to, uh, that card that was on your chair, just hold on to that to the end because we're going to, we're going to speak some things over the next generation. We're going to write some letters over because I'm going to Talk about the power of our words in that. One thing I do want to point out is actually a promise that's over here that's actually written by one of our youth. And uh, y'all know Winter, right? If you don't know Winter, you need to meet Winter. Um, she's amazing. But here's what she declared over this room. She said, the youth who enters this space will be blessed abundantly. The Lord will take away every obstacle in your way. You will be free of things that weigh you down. Mental illness is no longer yours. Addiction is no longer yours. Hate and malice is no longer yours. This is your exodus. Come on. Come on. Woo! This is your exodus. You are free and loved. You will be guided and protected in everything you do. In Jesus' name. I was, I was brought back this week as I was just studying for this weekend. And I remember the time that my father asked me to be the youth pastor of the church. And I said, not on my dead body. <laughs> I was actually talking to um, to Justin this week as we were putting up these lights. And I told him, I said, it probably comes from me being an Enneagram 4 because if you know anything about the Enneagram test, the 4 is the unique one, right? I like to be unique and something that's one of a kind. And so I'm fifth generation preacher. And so when my dad said, you want to be a preacher, I said, nah, because everybody else has been a preacher. I don't want to be a preacher. I want to do something else. I want to be unique. And I think that's where it all stems from. But it took me back to the moment when I, when I got on my face and I said, hey, God, if this is for me, let's do it. And he, he pointed me towards Google. And I Googled uh, next generation. What's going on in the next generation? Let me see what I'm up against. And I found out that uh, the third leading cause of death 
from the ages of 15 to 19 is suicide. The third leading cause. And I was, I was brought back as I was studying for today and just looking into statistics and saying, what has changed over the last seven years, right? As I've been out of youth ministry and we've been plugging away at this church and you know, what's been going on in the next generation. Actually, every statistic is almost exactly the same, if not greater now, because of everything that's gone on with this generation. There's a crisis. There's a crisis. And I think it stems to the, the loss of purpose loss of identity, and also, if you think about it, suicide is an escape. It's something that looks too big to handle, and so it's a, it's a, permanent, so it's a permanent fix to a temporary solution. It's something that uh, is really it breaks me, and so I was thinking back to youth ministry, and as we were just ministering to these students that were coming in and giving up everything as the Spirit of God moved on their hearts. I mean, freedom was reigning in that place. But we were, we were up against obstacles. We had parents that were selling the drugs and giving the drugs to the kids. We had parents who were witches and warlocks and all these things. And these students were coming and receiving the power of God. And I was thinking back and just rejoicing over the students that now are in Ireland doing missions work. And the student that got married and went over to Indonesia and now are pastoring and planting churches overseas. I thought about the students that have gone to Hollywood now that are in ministry, <laughs> making films and doing things. I thought, God, that's the barriers you want to remove for this generation. Amen. That they're not giving up and saying, I can't do anything. Nobody believes in me. But that they find a people. They find some fathers and mothers and aunts and uncles and big brothers and big sisters who say, don't give up. I know you've been faced with some addiction. I know you've had some mental illness. I know you've had some malice and anger inside. I know you've had some bitterness. People have stolen things from you. One in four girls are sexually abused, sexually assaulted. What? Before they leave high school, one in four. You get a room of girls in the place, you just think about that. One in four. Something has been stolen and tried to be stripped away from a generation. And we are saying, no, this is your exodus. Woo! It gets me fired up because there's a generation that has missed the mark because nobody has spoken into them life. And today, I want to ask you to pray for the heart of the Father to be invested in you. Because it's not something that's humanly, humanly natural. I mean, how many have ever tried to talk to a teenager that's not impressed by you? <laughs> Happened to me all the time. In youth ministry, same way. They're like, who is this guy? And back in the day, I had way more energy. So it's like, they're like, who's the youth pastor that's on drugs? <laughs> That was the majority of them. They're like, what are you smoking? I was like, this is Jesus. You want some? But uh, I want to look at, if you turn with me in your Bibles to Esther chapter 2, verse 7. What's up? Esther chapter 2, verse 7. When you're there, say, what's up? Oh, okay, you're quick. 
Esther chapter 2 verse 7 says, and again, up to this point, you have Esther. She was born. Now she's an orphan. Both parents are gone. And it says in verse 7, Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. I just want to focus in and hone in on that because Mordecai had a decision to make. Was he going to be okay with being a distant relative or was he going to take her on as his own? And I believe with all my heart that this is a time where God is calling a lot of us who are older, wiser, have been through some struggles, have been through some valleys, have done some things, have gotten closer to God's heart, who will say, I will take this generation on as my own. As my own. I will not just look at them as a generation that, yes, we'll pray for. Or yes, a generation that we'll believe in from a distance. But Mordecai made a decision. He said, Esther needs someone to invest in her. And so I will take her on as my own. And I want to ask you, who's in your life right now? Who's in this church? Who's someone that you can look to? Is that next generation coming up that you can say, I'm going to invest in this person as my own. I'm going to take on that responsibility. Say, I'm all about it. Whatever it takes. It's maybe going to be some extra hours. It's maybe going to be some extra time, some extra energy. Maybe they're not even going to give me the time of day at first, but I'm going to invest because the Lord has called me to take them on as my own. There's a crisis in America um, because this generation is lacking authority in their life. And I'm not saying like authority as in um, like police or teachers or there's all of that. All of that is good and gravy. There's people teaching. There's people, you know, investing that way. But I think there's a lack of spiritual guidance. There's a lack of spiritual authority. And maybe it comes from a break in understanding. Maybe it comes from a break of whatever. You you fill in the blank of what it could be. But I believe that if we become a generation that cares and says, hey, I'm going to invest as they were my kid, as they were my little brother, little sister, that I look out for them and protect them, I believe that a generation can rise to a new standard of living. I believe that if we speak life and not death, if we start to invest time, talent, and treasure in this next generation, I believe that this will be the greatest generation of Christ followers we've ever seen in the history of mankind. I believe with all my heart, y'all. I believe it. And this church will stand on that. We will stand on the promise that God has spoken over this next generation. We will stand on that. Um, Statistics are out. 85% of all children that exhibit behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Did you know that only 27% of students in America live with their biological family, biological parents? 27%. It's in the U.S. Times. There's a crisis going on. And there are kids that need, need that father, that mother. And you say, oh, I'm not that old. Okay, be a big brother, be a big sister, be an aunt, be an uncle. Can I tell you right now, my aunts and uncles are pouring into me so much. I look up to them as spiritual figures in my life. My father-in-law has stepped in and said, hey, 
I'm going to lead and guide you. It's not about blood. It's about investment. Whew. It's not even about proximity. It's about investment. So I don't work in the school. I don't work. It doesn't matter. I promise you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them either. God is raising up a people that will say, I will adopt them as my own. I will take it on as my own. Esther chapter 4. We're going to jump ahead now. Esther chapter 4 verse 12. This is what I want to get to today. It says, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Now you have to get a little context of what's going on here. Um, if you read the, the story of Esther, you know that there was, uh, Haman was out for the Jews. And so he was cons you know, construing a plan to kill all the Jewish people. And that, this was getting to the king and it was in the works. And so Mordecai overheard this and became distressed. The Bible says he tore his clothes, put sackcloth on. He wouldn't even come into the king's uh, courts because he, he was so broken for what, God, uh, for what was happening to God's people. Esther wrote to him and said, put on some clothes. She actually sent clothing to him. Hey, put on some clothes. He said, I can't. And I love this part of the, the story because Mordecai was broken for the heart of God. Mordecai was broken for what was going on around him. It's just like Nehemiah when he was building a wall. He was broken for the broken things, right? Because that's God's heart is to restore and redeem. It's, it's what his business is. He never looks at a life and says, no, that's too much. Never looks at a city and said, that's too dark. He always looks at redemption, restoring. So Mordecai had caught the heart and he was trying to invest it in Esther. And then it, we, it goes on, it says, uh, do not think because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Because Esther now was the, the wife of the king. She was one of the wives of the king. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Yo, everybody say it real quick. Say another place. Another place. Another place. I think about that all the time because God always calls us to be divine interventions in the middle of darkness. Did you know you're, you're light in the midst of darkness? The Bible actually says uh, you never light a lamp and put it under a bowl, right? But the Bible also says that if salt, we are salt of the earth, and if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it for? It's to be thrown out. And there, there's, there's, a, there's a, a separation and distance that we have to overcome. It's when God calls and when we answer the call and step into it, right? God calls a generation to this level. God calls this thing. And then we have to step into it and say, all right, we will become what he's called us. Yeah. And he says, if you remain silent at the time, relief and deliverance will come from another place. Man, I'm not going to allow that to happen in my life. That God would say, I can't save Philly through Elijah because I don't have his attention. I don't have his time. I don't have his talent. I don't have his treasure. And so I have to look to another place. Man, may we never be a people that God has to overlook us. Yeah. And say, you're, you're too distracted. You're not in my heart. You don't have my heartbeat. May we be a people that say, God, we surrender everything. God, we, we want to give it all. What do you need? It's not about us creating something for our own gain. It's about what you want to accomplish on the earth. And Mordecai said to Esther, he spoke into the next generation. He said, if you remain silent, 
God will overlook you and find it from somewhere else. But look what he says. He keeps going. And he says, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And you, this is on t-shirts, on you know, billboards. Like This is a big thing, like this line, for such a time as this. But look at what Mordecai is doing. He's, he's declaring and he's bringing to attention the moment and season Esther's in. And this is the power of our words. Then we as a generation that we're setting the foundation and the next generation's coming in to stand on that foundation. We always say our kids will only go um, as far as we've brought them to, but they always go on top of our shoulders. So wherever we're standing, they're going to get on our shoulders and go higher. And the same for this next generation is that if we become a people that is in tune with God's heart, we can invest and say, this is the time that God wants to move through you. Mordecai was setting the stage for Esther to see and be aware where she was. And that's what we're going to do. This next generation, and today I want to declare, as we write these cards, I want to write cards to the next generation. Speak words of life over them. Speak words of life into their calling. Speak words of life into their purpose and the plan for them, design for them. Because sometimes we forget, don't we? I mean, how many of you have forgotten? Sometimes I forget the call and mark on my life. And I'm so grateful for the, the generations before that remind me, hey, Elijah, you remember what God spoke over you? Hey, do you remember? I remember many times we're sitting in the living room uh, with Phil and Sherry. And uh, Sherry, one time, I'll never forget it. She said, do you remember the moment that God called you? That was the moment he set this whole thing up. You can't shy away from that moment. We have to be reminded of that. And Mordecai was doing this with Esther. He said, for such a time as this. And then watch this. Watch what happens. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, nights, or day. And I and my attendants will fast for you. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. What happened? We have a girl that said, Mordecai, don't worry. This is not going to be a big deal. Like, yeah, you have clothing. Mordecai, as an investor, as a father, he spoke life and he spoke reality into the situation. And then Esther rises to the occasion. Man, I wonder how many youth are going to rise to the occasion because of your words. They're going to not give up and try to look for an escape plan, but instead they're going to rise to the occasion because you spoke life over their calling. They're going to rise to something inside of them because you spoke life. I was, uh, these chairs are an investment from a church in uh, North Philly, in the light. And they uh, donated these church to us. What a blessing. And so I was up picking them up uh, yesterday, and a guy named Nooney met me there. And he had a bunch of uh, young guys working with him, and they carried all the chairs in. I was like, man, what service? You know, they're like carrying all the stuff, lifting it all in the truck. And, and we started talking, and he said, you know, I have a past. He said, I'm, you know, 50 plus right now, and I used to, you know, be in drugs and be in the wrong crew, and I was running with the wrong gang, and God rocked my world and got a hold of me. He said, ever since then, God's reminded me that I'm raising young men. He said, I used to raise young men on the streets. 
He said, I would sell drugs. And I got all these young men to sell them for me. He said, God rocked my world. And now I'm using that same influence and that same leadership to now raise mighty men of God. He said, I'm investing in the next generation. And I thought about how much power he, he has with his words. And I want to encourage you to think about that. How much power do you have with your words? That God wants to use that influence. God wants to use that resource to invest in the next generation of Esther's, the next generation of Daniel's, where when the king says, everybody must bow, everybody must, I mean, put it in the context of today, everybody must follow the rules or else. And yet, a young man, Daniel, Meshach, Abednego, all of them, they were like, no, we can't. Why? Someone invested in them. Someone spoke that life. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I want to just point out that word, should. Train up a child in the way he should go. Because God has a plan for every student. He has a plan for every life. And there's a path for every one of them. And we are to train. Our job is to invest. Our job is to speak life. And when we do that, we create opportunity. I love Doc's heart because uh, God, God called Doc into youth ministry and rocked his world. And I believe with all my heart that we're going to see revival break out of this room. Amen. I believe that as we start praying over these schools, we have high schools, we have like six or seven in the proximity of like half a mile from here, which is crazy. As we start praying over their schools, I believe God is going to spark revival in the hearts of these youth. And that Amen. we're going to see great mighty things happen in this generation. And I love Doc's heart because when he first came into the youth ministry, and he said, hey, here's, here's our mission statement. He said, I want to break all the odds that are set I get up against them. Yeah. And when you read statistics, it's a little overwhelming to hear that you know, over half of uh, the college students that are in our universities in Philadelphia deal with uh, suicidal depression. Yeah. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to think that 27% of all students in high school and middle school deal with suicidal depression. That's overwhelming. That's overwhelming. Those are the odds set against them. But God said it's not by might Amen. nor by power, Amen. but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's why we don't stand here and we act like we're going to change a generation by ourselves. We stand with the power of Christ. And therefore, we declare life, not death. And I think the, the question today is what the Lord spoke over Jeremiah when he looked at the dead bones. He said, can these dead bones live? Wow. How many believe these dead bones can live? Amen. Come on. I believe we're in a church today that we have faith that can rise to say, yes, Lord, these dead bones can live. And the Lord answers, then prophesy over them. Amen. Use your voice. Use your time. Use your talent. 
Get yourself out of that mindset. You can't do anything. Use your treasure. Use it all to invest and speak life over these bones. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to declare life over the calling. We're going to declare life over these schools. We're going to declare life over Doc and Kirby as they lead this youth ministry. As all the leaders that are involved in TakeOver. And some of you, God's going to break your heart for it. I mean, you're going to be broken. Believe me, I did not want to work with youth. And God broke me. I mean, he broke me, y'all. I gave 10 years to it. And now here we are in a church, and now I call the shots. And I'm like, hey, we're going to invest in the next generation. This is what we're going to do. I'm like, you pastor on steroids. Now I can call it. So now we're going to give budget. We're going to give time. We as a church, we're going to back this thing up. We're going to see these high schools come to Jesus. Why? We're going to invest. We're going to bring value. We're going to say, city, what can you do for us? We're going to invest and say, here's our resource. Come on, we're gonna bless the teachers. Bless the faculty. We're gonna bless. Why? We believe in the next generation. Amen. So what I wanna to do today, I want you to take your card. We're gonna stick some worship music on. Sean, if you could just set the, the atmosphere in here, man. I wanna take these cards and I want you to write a, a letter to an Esther. I want you to write a letter to a Daniel, okay? I want you to think about a student that's out there that might have forgotten who they are in Christ. Mm -hmm. Might have forgotten, and maybe they don't even know Jesus yet, and you're going to speak that life over them. Amen. And we're going to prophesy over the dead bones. Amen. Everything that maybe the, earth, the world has given up on, we're going to speak, this is your exodus. This is your exodus. You are going to have the power of Christ. So I want you to write, just, just pray. Hey, God, speak through me right now, because your words could be the difference between a young person coming alive to the calling of Christ on their life. What we're gonna do is we're gonna give these, these cards to Doc and he's gonna be able to invest in these students as they come into this ministry. You can say, hey, here's what my church is praying over you. We've already, we've already prayed over you before you even came, before we even knew you were here. Come on, there's a little sister and a little brother that's waiting to come in and be invested in. And today we have the power. So would you write, would you pray? Say, God, lead me. And if there's a scripture on your heart, write down that scripture. There's power in those words. Invest, speak into, let's prophesy. Prophesy life. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.